During her 25-year career at the FBI, Mary Galligan served as the first special agent in charge of the Bureau's New York field office, and most recently was the special agent in charge of the New York office's Special Operations and Cyber Division. Galligan recently retired from the FBI and has joined the consultancy Deloitte & Touche as a director in its security and privacy practice. Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of Information Security Media Group, and I'm pleased to be speaking with Mary Galligan. Welcome. Thank you, Eric. Thank you for having me today. First, take a few moments to tell us about yourself, your work in cyber at the FBI, and your new job. I worked in the New York office of the FBI working cyber investigations, both national security and criminal, for over three years with a very, very talented group of um, special agents and analysts. And now I'm at Deloitte hoping to help their clients understand a little bit better about the threat from adversaries to our technology and to work with them on explaining how the government, along with the private sector and academia, needs to work together to try to come up with solutions to the threat. On that point, how would you characterize the relationship between the government, law enforcement, and the business community in battling cyber threats and cyber crime? What are some of the obstacles that need to be overcome? Well, the way I would characterize it from my experience in the New York office is it was definitely a relationship that um, was building information sharing the government recognizing that the private sector had information that the government needs, and the private sector recognizing that the government had information that they needed to help protect themselves. Two biggest obstacles are legal issues because the law is not kept up with the technology, as well as classification of information that the government has, and how do you get that in a format that you can share it at an unclassified level. And that was something that the FBI was working very hard at as I work the cyber program to get the information to businesses so they could protect themselves. So there are legal restraints that the FBI faces in getting that information to business? Constraints getting it to the business would be more on the classification level. The legal issues come into the government is in a position to help a company. How can they do that? In other words, there are consent issues, there are privacy issues. So it's a matter of working with a company and figuring out the best avenue for the government to help if they're in a position to. And one of the ways that we did that in the New York office was we did a lot of outreach and a lot of education and a lot of briefings to companies before something had happened. They would understand the obstacles and perhaps could better prepare for them beforehand and have a plan, a cyber incident response plan that took into account all the different issues. Did you sense there was a lot of hesitation on businesses in dealing with the FBI because they didn't want to reveal what's going on in, in their own operations? Or? There were, at times, yes, there was hesitation from businesses based on more of the uncertainty, um, especially a publicly traded company. You know, how did working with the FBI going to affect what they were required to notify the SEC about, or how was it going to affect their relationship with other regulatory agencies? And the way we would approach that is we would have those conversations about exactly what happens when they work with the FBI. And sometimes we had teams that included members from other agencies like the Secret Service or the SEC or other things like that. There was hesitation and there is hesitation. And then through better dialogue, some of that hesitation is alleviated. As you know, there is legislation uh, that has passed the House of Representatives, the Cyber Intelligence Sharing and Protection Act, known as CISPA. There's some holdup in getting that passed. 
because uh, there's a threat of a presidential veto over aspects that deal with uh, privacy as well as liability protection for businesses that uh, that do share information with the government. How important is it to get legislation like CISPA enacted? I think it's important to get the right kind of legislation enacted. In other words, take, for example, right now there are 46 different states that have a data breaching law, but there's no federal data breaching law. So what's the right answer for that? I think there needs to be a lot of debate about that. But I think we need to make it easier for businesses, easier for private sectors to know what to report, who to report it to, and to encourage them and build an environment where they're encouraged to report it so that we can all be safer. And as you know, it's difficult to get things through Congress. People have been talking about national data breach legislation for years, and uh, Congress really hasn't done anything about it. So in lieu of something like that, what's the best can be done, and maybe what avenues can be used to simplify the reporting of these breaches, for example, that would be consistent nationally? Well, I think it's going to be interesting to see what comes out of the um, president's executive order that he signed in February, where NIST is coming up with the protocols for the different sectors of industry. Now, those will be voluntary protocols. I think it'll be interesting to see what they are, because those will be the first time we'll have something on a national level. I know that companies across the country have been participating in workshops. It'll be interesting to see what they are, because they'll create a baseline. I think another way that information is being shared is the private sector themselves. You know, whether it's through the different um, ISACs that DHS set up, like the financial, the SSISAC. The banks and the financial institutions share that information themselves because, you know, there should be no competition when it comes to security. So sometimes you see private sector coming up with their own ways to share best practices, and, and I think that's another good avenue. Do you sense any kind of hesitation on businesses cooperating with the federal government or law enforcement agencies because of the uh, revelations of NSA electronic spying? I think those are, no, I did not see any of that hesitation because of that. So businesses aren't worried about the NSA or someone getting onto their computers and they're going to say, well, you know, why should I cooperate? You know, working for the FBI and representing the FBI to businesses, I could to represent what the FBI was going to do with information. I think the entire issue with national security and civil liberties, we all need to strike the appropriate balance, and I think there's a lot of debate that needs to be done in that area. Well, when you were named to, to your new job, you said organizations need to think about cybersecurity in the context of their industry, government, and law enforcement. What, what do you mean by that? I think that what I was referring to there is there's all kinds of different adversaries you know, looking to steal information. The first thing that companies need to do is, that's what I mean by industry. Okay, what industry am I in? What information that I have that is important? Why would somebody want that? Then the second thing is about what the government is, what we've already covered is, is there information the government has that can help me keep safe? What do I need to know about what NIST is going to be coming out with? And that's what I'm referring to is that there is not a solution. One solution doesn't fit all. So every industry has to look at themselves. Every company has to look at themselves. What is the crucial, you'll hear some people refer to it as crown jewels, but what is that crucial data that I have to protect and why would someone steal it? Because there's a difference between someone who's a hacktivist and wants to take your information for those purposes or cyber criminal who wants to take information for financial purposes. And then, you know, there's the espionage side of stealing intellectual property. So I think that that's one of the first things we have to do is step back and say, what do I mean by cybersecurity? What do I mean by the threat to my particular firm? From your perspective working at the FBI in those years overseeing cyber, 
How have you seen the sophistication of the hacker evolve? The sophistication of the hacker parallels sophistication of technology. We have incredible sophistication of uh, technology. I mean, I, I don't even think YouTube was in existence seven years ago. The more avenues or the more devices, right, the more things that are connected to the Internet, there's approximately 5 billion devices connected to the Internet right now, and by 2020, they estimate 20 billion. So if you look at that, then the more things that are connected to the Internet, the more vulnerabilities they are. I think that spear phishing, while it is a simple tactic that an adversary can take, it's still a very, very popular one, and it still works very, very well. And then once an adversary is inside the system, what happens has become more sophisticated. The more we hear about different threats, seems almost exponential in the sense of uh, it's growing and, and, and it's hard to get a handle on. Part of what I see is a lot of basic of fundamentals. So you see people say, oh, the threat's too big, there's nothing I can do about it. And then you start to ask questions about what kind of management do they have on their devices or, I mean, I think it's over 90% of all mobile devices at some time or another connect to corporate email, but only a third of them have mobile security software on them. So there's a lot of people that say the threat's really big, so I can't do anything about it. But the very basic steps, I mean, how many surveys do we need to see that says the favorite password is 1234567, need to be taken. It's people want, I use the analogy, if they want a safer car, they want a stronger car. They want a car that keeps them safe in a crash, but they don't want to wear their seatbelt. So the same thing with cybersecurity. I do think there are lots of things that can be done when a company takes a step back and does the proper risk assessment and then makes those governance decisions and everybody in the company understands that that security starts with them. That, you know, it starts at that keyboard. Security starts at this keyboard and not at the firewall. Those things, I think, are not being done to the level of Thanks, Mary. Thanks. I've been speaking with Mary Galligan, Director of Deloitte & Touche's Security and Privacy Practice for Information Security Media Group. I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.